that song that we just that song that we just sang uh it, it may not really connect with city slickers like me and like you uh it has that little phrase uh those that skip about like calves bursting from their stalls at last and like i grew up in the city so that language is kind of like yeah i don't understand except i spent a little time in rural america and I have a friend who is a farmer, and he wanted me to come out. And he said, you've got, to, you've got to see the calves when I let them go. And it's in the spring, right? They've been birthed already. So I go out there, and he goes, you've got to check this out. You've got to check this out. So he just kicks open the gate, and these calves come, and they look like awkward junior hires. Sorry, junior hires. They, uh, knobby knees, shaky legs, and they just start coming out and they buck up into the air, like up to here, like their hooves are up into here. It's just cause, because they've been cooped up. They've been trapped and they, they sniff the fields and they just go crazy. And they're like, they, they, they do these spinning things in the air. So even though we're city slickers, we can kind of get what Malachi is saying there, Right. Like, oh, oh, like maybe we, can, maybe we can let out a little bit. Maybe it's time to get a little excited after all of the gray, right? Maybe there is hope. Maybe, maybe there's some spring in our knobby need selves that want to come out just a little bit, okay? So why don't I pray a brief, brief prayer um, just for that hope? Because we even came out of a season of lament while in a pandemic. So we need a little air, a little oxygen. So let's, why don't we pray together as a community? Our Father, uh, it's been a long winter and uh, there's been depression of heart, of mind, of soul. And r- really for some of us, our, our fortunes may have even increased this past 12 months. Some of them decreased, but that was not our greatest thrill or sadness. We we discovered the virus was a great battle filled with death and dread and impact. But it wasn't the only battle. We've lamented a lot of different things this past 12 months. A lot of death and struggle and injury and violence and confusion over and over. And Father, to many of us, we're here tonight and we didn't handle it the way we wanted. We didn't. And so we come to you tonight together, recognizing our need for you. And we also recognize the need for our community, Uh, your people, your body. We recognize that we want your creation to be restored and made whole, and we want your ways, we want your life, not our ways. And we come wanting to be let out of our stalls of lament and fog and malaise and anxiety And we come here tonight wanting a little bit of joy. And may our search for joy end with uh, finding you. 
we, your people, are glad to be here tonight. And we're glad to be together in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You can find a piece of parking lot or a chair, a blanket. If you need lemons, there's a lemon tree. So how was your quarantine? <laughs> not as, it's not very funny. Um, I, I, I heard this Psalm when I was a kid, Psalm 122. So kids, if you're here, you might, you might've heard this growing up. Cause I heard this a lot growing up it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Now I heard that kids, uh, as like, Oh, we got to go to church again. We got to go to church again. Um, so that, that, that kind of remnant has been the back of my mind for years and years and years. Oh, maybe we got to do church again. But I will tell you something that happened over this past year is Psalm 122 makes sense to me now. And it only took 47 years <laughs> for it to happen. I was glad when they said to me, let us go under the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, uh, because, uh, in the old Testament, um, you had, you went to the assembly of people, but you went as a group and assembly of people, uh, to the tabernacle or to Solomon's temple, because that's where the ark was. That's what, that's where God was dwelling. Um, and the interesting thing that happens, uh, after the crucifixion, you guys know this, the veil of the temple just gets ripped. And uh, radically, Jesus had said before, he had said something. He said, I'm going to send a comforter and I'm going to send the spirit to you and you and you and you. And we're not going to need a tabernacle or a temple because the spirit's going to be in you. So the very first idea, we're just going to remind ourselves tonight. And this is only about 10 minutes long. So kids, it's even not that long. Pastor Tim's not going to blow forever tonight, Right. Isn't that great, kids? Like, I'm not going to go a long, long time. I'm just going to tell some funny things, right? Interesting things, true things, and we're done. All right, so the first thing that we're going to talk about tonight is this, is that the church is a people, and it's not a building, and it's not architecture, and it's not a specific geographical locale. All right? So that, that means what? It means that we can be in a karate classroom in Stoneman. It means we can be in St. John's Cathedral in downtown LA, or we can be in this, is this a trapezoid? A trapezoidal parking lot. And we can say, oh, this is the church. This is the church. We don't need, we don't need all the trappings. Like this is the church. Uh, I, I saw this great poster the other day. It was a poster of the old movie, came out in 1973. So for you cinemaphiles, wait, is that a right word? Um, listen to this part. It's the movie poster. And the top of the movie poster says, the year is 2022. What movie is this? Do you guys know? It's Soylent Green. Right with Charlton Heston, and the whole thing is like there's been ecological nightmare all over the world. Which, okay, 2022, and uh, and so there's this company, Soylent Industries, that starts offering protein to the people, and they're Soylent yellow and Soylent red, but they're not very popular. Soylent green is the most popular uh, 
protein that they're giving the people. Uh, and so they find out, I don't, have you guys seen this movie? I don't want to ruin it for you. You're like, hey, I'm going to go see this. But it's 1973. You guys need to catch up. Uh, so they find that everyone wants Soylent Green and they say, oh, we just get it from plankton in the oceans. And then Charlton Heston's character does this investigation and realized like there's no more plankton growing in the ocean. So, so where do they get this? And so the, the whole catch tag phrase of the whole uh, movie is Charlton Heston being dragged away like he's a crazy man. And he's like, Soylent Green is people. Soylent Green is people. They've been harvesting people for protein, which is a little dark air after a pandemic. <laughs> but that's our realization for the church, right? Oh, the church is people. Like the church is people. That's a, that, so that's a stretch, right? From Soylent Green. Look, look, like you, I'm recovering from the quarantine, right? Just give it to me. Just give it to me. All right. So that's our first thing. Um, our second thing, this is, this is, this is why, uh, so the church is people. The church is people, people. The church is people. And it can happen here, in this weird place, strange backdrop, free lemons. All right, but the second thing is this, is why is this better? Why is this better than Zoom? Like, why is it better than your, your favorite speaker's podcast? Or why, why is it better than the live stream? Why is, it, why is it better than a YouTube? Like, why is that? And we do have people joining us via... YouTube. So they're going to be like, yeah, that's, that's okay, but it's not resonating with me, Pastor Tim. Like, why is it better here? Why is it, why is it better when I see you and you see me and we hear each other sing? Like, why is that? Why is that? Um, th- there's many reasons there, but, but um, uh, let me say this. Okay, um, if you're a Christ follower here, It means this, because Christ is not found in a tabernacle and he's not found in a temple, each one of you is a spirit-occupied person. I have the spirit of the living God in me and you have the spirit of the living God in you. Okay, so there was a phrase that we've heard over the past 12 months. You saw billboards, you saw marquees, and you saw web ads for it, and it was two words and it said, better together. Now, I, I actually affirm that phrase. Why is it that when you get a group of people and they don't even have to be Jesus followers, why is it that that phrase, that two-word phrase, why is, it, why is it true? Why is it true? Do you know why it's true? Because every single human being has the image of God on, their, on them. They're reflecting God. It doesn't matter if you're a Jesus follower or not. You are better together. If we have a concentration of human beings, I will back up, Pies. Sorry. <laughs> Gabe's like, move back, Pastor. Like, if you have a concentration of human beings, they are better together because there's a mass of image bearers. But I'm going to say something that's going to push you, and I hope it's a little controversial in your head. Why? What is the magic and the power of Jesus followers getting together that is more powerful than non-Jesus followers getting together. Like, what is that? What is that? Why is that? I'm going to tell you this. This is amazing. Because you have the spirit of God in you, and I have the spirit of God in me. And when we amass together and coagulate together and 
congregate, that we call ourselves a congregation, when we congregate together, the spirit of the living God is amplified and magnified in you and in me all together. That's why it's better than Zoom. It's not, all right, so it's not better because we're super moral. That doesn't make us better than the group of image, follow, uh, image bearers because my neighbors are probably better than I am. And there's some of us that are worse morally than our neighbors. So it can't be us. It is only better together here as Jesus followers because the spirit of God is in you and in me and he is amplified and magnified. So that's the second point. Third point. And it's the end, kids. All right. Our church, we called the church, we called this church, this specific instance of Jesus's church, the way, followers of the way. It's what Jesus people were called before they were called Christians by pagans looking at Christians. So followers of the way is the name that we gave ourselves before someone else called us Christians. All right. So this is it, is the way brand. You know that little arrow and it points, right? It points up and we put it on everything. Let me just tell you this, is the way is not a big deal. The brand is not a big deal. We are not here forming up something so that the brand can continue. Wouldn't it be great if we just, we restarted the way? I don't know what, that, that's Chris Farley or something. Sorry. Right? No, 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 no. He said um, the way will actually dissipate I don't know if it's going to take 20 years, 50 years, or 100 years, but the way as a brand and a logo and an instance, it will not exist. Jesus didn't guarantee that a specific instance of the church would be perpetual forever. He said this though. He said, my body, nothing can ever diminish the my church together. And that's church, Hungarian Baptist church. That's church in Pasadena, church in Alhambra in East LA. So we're not going to get fired up about like, oh, great, we're going to jumpstart the way again. No, we're going to get fired up because we are rallying around Jesus and only Jesus. That's what we're going to be a people about. And if you ever think like, um, we're kind of advancing the logo a little much, you need to call it out and say, we need to start rallying around Jesus and not the logo, buddy, because I want you to not care if the way survives or not. But I want you to care that we proclaim Jesus a lot. Okay? That's the magic, and I use that in quotes, of Jesus's church. Okay. Why do we rally around Jesus? is because he is the only good news that we have. He's just the only good news. Like, I don't have to convince, like, if you're middle-aged here, and I probably say that a lot because I'm middle-aged, but like, I don't, I just don't have to convince you of this point. Like, you've chased good news to the bottom of a bottle. Like, you've chased good news to in all sorts of relationships. You've, you've chased good news to get good news on over your life in endless career achievements. We've done that. We've, look, at this age, with our buying power, like we have been able to buy tons of cool stuff. 
And that has not given us good news over our life. We've been able to do all sorts of cool trips and distractions, and those are not intrinsically wrong, by the way. Don't hear the preacher say, oh, he hates trips. No, don't. No, it just hasn't been able to be the good news that touches the deep, deep longing of our lives. And you know that. We we try to find good news in stock charts and securities and bank accounts and investments and real, like we tried that and, and like it didn't give us the good news we wanted. If you, if you like me, there's this little part of your heart that says in any success that you enjoy financially, you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. How about some more? So like that didn't speak good news to us. Um, Jesus came to end all of that nonsense. Like you were trying to get all that stuff so that you'd finally be lovable and that that identity about who you are could be spoken over your life and people would look at you and finally think you're worth something. And Jesus is the end of all that nonsense and he just speaks good news over your life. And he says, oh, I'm your work. Oh, sweetie, I'm your work. Stop trying to find, like, I'm, I'm your righteousness. I'm your value. I'm your beauty. Dude, dude, you don't have to, you don't have to drive that for people to think you're a success. Oh man, I'm your, I'm your work and I speak success all over your life. That, that's, that's why we rally around Jesus in the good news. Okay. He fills us. Um, we're here now, and th- this is it, is we probably now know, know this more than ever, is that um, he gives us something and his people gathered give us something that <laughs> we couldn't give ourselves all by our lonesome, right? <laughs> Over the past 12 months, like there's something that we give each other together that all of us tried to, have you ever had to try to have communion by yourself? It's like spiritual solitaire. I wonder if, I wonder if that something's going to happen. Like it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. So we know this. We know his person is the life that we really want. We know that. We know that. And Jesus knows it too. And that's why in this simple, simple meal, that's why he's giving himself to us to like remind us again. Okay. So this is what I want us to do. Um, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, that's before he went to the cross, before he went to Gethsemane, um, he was at a meal and that was with, uh, and that was with his friends, those that were learning from him. And he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. So you have your little, uh, communion packets I could, we couldn't find wine communion packets. That would have been cool. But you have your communion packet. So pull out the wafer. Okay? Pull out that wafer. It may take some... Uh, it's kind of minuscule. You might have to use some t- tweezers. But, but pull this. Now, um, all of us have been in quarantine for 12 months. And um, we have social anxiety, so this is actually going to be very difficult. So baby steps out of our social anxiety, okay? Baby steps. I want you to take this wafer, but before you take it, I want you to look at someone outside of your family unit, outside of your family unit. I know it's, it's safer, right, to manage our social anxiety very domestically. 
but I, you have to say this, and I'm going to say it a couple times. I need you to be with me in order to know him. So I'll, I'll say it a couple times, very complicated. I need you to be with me in order to know him. Say that to somebody, baby steps out of your social anxiety, okay? And that's what he says. He says, that's my body, which is my body, which is for you. So let's eat together. In the same way, he he took the cup after supper saying this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, uh, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Really interesting here. Really, really interesting. You're going to take your little branded Welch's, okay? But don't take it now. Don't take it now. You're going to move out of yourself. You're going to move out of yourself into the community of belief. And you're going to say this. You're going to tell someone. You're going to look them in the eye. And you're going to say, your goodness is found in Jesus alone. Say that to somebody. All right, so this is what's fascinating. Say it to somebody else. Your goodness, your goodness is found in Jesus alone. Okay, now I'm going to drink this with you. But this is the fascinating part. Is someone cannot know that unless someone tells them that. Someone cannot know that unless someone tells them that. And now, let's pray. Our Father and our God, you have given us the gift of your Son. And more so, you have given us, on top of that, your occupying Spirit in us. And for that, we are grateful. And we will burst out from our stalls at last. Because your work and your resurrection is true. In Jesus' name, amen.